When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. I was feeling a bit peckish, like a snack, but something more than an apple or an easy bite. I wandered into the kitchen and opened the cupboard. It was not bare, but like a bored teen, there was nothing good. Uh, I pushed aside the raisins, opened an old bag of crackers, and after smelling it, put it back in. Picking up a can of cranberry sauce, I debated if it looked good. Then I saw it. A brown paper bag in the corner with a bright purple label. I had bought it on a whim at the last farmer's market of the year. Slipping a finger under the label, I neatly ripped it until I could open the top and peek into the bag. There were beautiful golden kernels of a unique popcorn. The first story for this episode is by Jenny Cargill-Strong, an award-winning Australian storyteller and enchantivist who teaches and coaches storytelling. Her passions and expertise are focused on stories of place, stories to celebrate the earth, to heal, to strengthen community and myths which express the divine feminine. Jenny has recorded and self-published five award-winning albums for children and adults under her label, The Story Tree Company. From her CD, Molly Whoopi and Other Wonder Tales, is the story Yellow Thunder Dragon. Yellow Thunder Dragon. Long ago in China, there was a boy called Cheng who lived in the country with his grandmother, who slept a lot, and his blind father Yin, who was a potter. Cheng was a bit of a dreamer, and he always wished that something exciting would happen, but nothing ever did, until his twelfth birthday. On that day, Cheng was out in his front yard, leaning on the fence gazing into the distance at the large white clouds gathering over the faraway mountains. Dreamily he was playing a game of finding shapes in the clouds. A tiger, a monkey, a dragon. Then suddenly he noticed a most amazing procession making its way down the main street of his village. There was a man wearing a long yellow robe, riding a shining white horse. The horse shone the way that sunlight shines on water. With him were four servants, and one of the servants was carrying a golden umbrella over the head of the man with the long yellow robe. Chang was so enchanted and amazed by this procession that he didn't even notice as all his neighbours rushed inside and slammed shut their doors. The strangers drew closer and then the man wearing the long yellow robe leaned down towards Chang and said, Chang, my friends and I are very weary from our journey, 
and I was wondering if we could come and rest in your garden for a while. Oh, oh yes, certainly, said Chang. Come in, come in. Chang went inside to get his father, and together they served refreshments to the visitors. But while his father sat and chatted with the men, Chang just slipped his hands inside his wide sleeves and watched, for there were many interesting things about these strangers. Firstly, he noticed that their feet didn't quite touch the ground. The man with the long yellow robe's clothing didn't have a single stitch or seam, and his horse didn't have hair for its coat, but instead it had scales. After a while, the visitors thanked Chang and his father for their hospitality and rose to leave. Chang's father bowed, said goodbye and went inside. The man in the long yellow robe turned to Chang and said, Happy birthday, Chang. Then he reached over to his horse, plucked off a scale and said, This is a magic scale, so you have to take very good care of it. And there is something I need you to do. Go to all your neighbours and tell them to come here for the night, for that is where they'll be safe. Can you do that for me? Oh yes, thank you, thank you, said Chang, excitedly clutching the shimmering scale, though he didn't know why he would have to tell his neighbours to come to his house. Then, as they left, Chang noticed that the servant who was carrying the umbrella turned it upside down and then right way up again. He watched them as they disappeared into the distance. But as they neared the mountains, it seemed as if those visitors just rose up and disappeared into the white clouds. Chang was so excited, he ran inside and told his father everything he had seen. His father said, Why, Chang, I knew there was something mysterious about those people, because they knew my name and all about me. But I'm sure I've never met them before. Your grandmother's awake now, Chang, and she knows about such things. Go in and tell her. So Chang went and told Grandmother all he'd seen and heard, about the man with the long yellow robe that didn't have a single stitch or seam in it, about the four servants, how their feet didn't quite touch the ground, about the beautiful horse that shone the way that sunlight shines on water, about the golden umbrella, and he showed her the magic scale he'd been given. Ah, said Chang's grandmother, this is a most special, a most auspicious day for yellow is a sacred colour, and clothes without any stitches or seams are magic. I believe, Cheng, that today you were visited by the yellow thunder dragon, and the four servants are the four winds, and his shining horse is his dragon horse. Now, Cheng, is there anything you've forgotten to tell me? Oh, yes, said Cheng. As they left, the servant carrying the golden umbrella turned it upside down and then right way up again. Ah, then there will be a great storm and possibly a flood, said Grandmother. But we'll be safe here, so you must do as he says. Go and tell the neighbours, though they won't believe you at first. So Chang put his magic scale into a yellow silk purse for safekeeping and then went to his neighbours' houses. But of course... His neighbours didn't believe him when he said there was going to be a terrible storm or that they'd been visited by the yellow thunder dragon. They laughed and said, There's no sign of any storm, you silly boy. Go home and stop playing such foolish games. But as the afternoon wore on, those white fluffy clouds in the distance 
grew blacker and greener and larger. And then the wind blew them closer and closer until they loomed right over the top of the village. Suddenly the lightning began to flash and the thunder began to crash. Rain came pouring down in buckets. The wind blew furiously like a hurricane. But when the villagers looked over to Chang's house, they saw that the trees in his garden were perfectly still and not a drop of rain was falling on his house. Soon, people were making their way to Chang's house. Grandmother welcomed them in. She knew they'd come eventually, so she'd cooked lots of food for everyone, and they all stayed the night. But Chang and his father decided to stay up all night long through the storm. Chang wore a yellow silk shirt his grandmother made him, lit lanterns and incense, and chanted from a small yellow book of magic words that belonged to his grandmother. In the middle of the night, he went out to look at the storm. At that moment, there was a great flash of lightning. And as Chang looked up into the sky, he thought he saw a great yellow dragon stretched over his house. But when the lightning faded, the image was gone. In the morning, the rain eased and the villagers thanked Chang and his father and grandmother for taking such good care of them. And then they went home to begin the long, messy job of cleaning up after the flood. But from that day, Chang became famous because with that magic scale, he could predict the weather, foretell the future and heal the sick. Eventually, word of his fame spread until the emperor sent for him and asked him to be his royal magician. So Chang and his father and grandmother lived the rest of their days in comfort at the emperor's palace. But whenever a great thundercloud gathered over the emperor's palace, people would see Chang wearing a long yellow robe, holding his magic scale, speaking to the clouds, and they would say that he was speaking to the yellow thunder dragon. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Dragon Horde Savings and Mutual. It's well known that kings will spend any money they have, but dragons know how to hoard. They will hoard your gold, gems, and any precious objects or young people that you deposit with them. With high-class security and interest rates, you know your investment will continue to grow. Due to strict security interests, any withdrawals are strictly forbidden within 20 years of deposit, and other restrictions may apply. Dragon Hoard Savings and Mutual. Bank with us and watch your investment grow with a roar. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast have the unique ability to never burn toast? And they're patrons of the arts. You can be too, for as little as $4 a month. Patrons receive an extra story a week, get to peek behind the scenes, get postcards from the podcast throughout the year, and chances to chat with me live. And new rewards are being added in the future. Their generous support allows this podcast to reach bigger audiences, pays the fine guest hosts you hear throughout the year, and much more. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. To join the Story Supporters, go to storystorypodcast.com for more information. And if you want to hear me make up fairy tale facts about you and thank you on an episode, maybe you should become a supporter too. It would be pretty cool. I pulled a pot and lid out of the cupboard. 
set the stove to medium, and poured a thin layer of oil across the bottom. Then measured out some of the golden kernels into the pan, placed the lid on, and waited. It wasn't long until... I picked up the handle and gave it a little shake until the popping slowed, pop by pop, until it was all silent. I brought I brought a bowl out of the cupboard and set it on the counter. Opening the lid, a puff of steam came out, and into the bowl tumbled beautiful white flower blossoms. A floral fragrance drifted upward and filled my nose. I plucked one up and placed it on my tongue. The blossom was light and crumbled in my mouth. It was so lovely. I sprinkled a little sugar and cinnamon over the warm flowers, tossed them lightly. I curled under the couch, picked up a book, and page by page, I snacked on the blossoms. The second teller for this episode is Liz Weir, storyteller and mentor from Northern Ireland. Liz has been sharing stories for a long time. When I went to see her in 2012, I heard her tell this story and thought it quite enchanting. This is a story from her CD, Here, There, and Everywhere, and is the tale, The Mermaid's Gift. The Mermaid's Gift Mary and Bridget lived beside each other in Donegal, but they were not at all alike. Mary was the sort of girl who always did as she was told, but Bridget wasn't. If Bridget's mother told her to be home by six, she might come home at half past six. If her mother told her to wear a red dress, Bridget would wear a blue one but they were still the best of friends. One day they were playing on the rocks near the beach when Mary said, Come on, Bridget, it's time we were getting home. No, not yet, said Bridget. Well, I'm going home, said Mary, and she started to climb up the rocks. Just then she stopped and said, Listen, can you hear it? Hear what, said Bridget. I thought you were in a hurry. Just listen, whispered Mary. Lovely singing was drifting on the wind from behind a rock. Both girls looked over and saw a beautiful lady in a dress that was all the colours of the sea, greens, blues and silvery greys. She wore a necklace of seashells and seaweed was plaited into her hair. Mary and Bridget gasped when they saw she had a silvery tail. She was a mermaid. Mary spoke first. You've a lovely voice. And did you have? said Bridget quickly. The mermaid jumped with shock. 
But when she saw the girls meant her no harm, she sat back down and sang a long song of the sea. It was both sad and happy at the same time. A song of shipwreck and rescue and the mysteries of the deep. The sun was going down and the girls could see the light glinting off jewels in the mermaid's lap. Rings, brooches and earrings. Then she stopped singing and said, It's time you girls were going home. I want to give each of you a gift to take with you. The mermaid lifted two bags that looked like spun silver and into each she put pearls, rubies and diamonds, treasure from the sea. These gifts must be shared with all your family. Don't stop till you get home and remember to share what is in the bag. Thank you, Mary whispered breathlessly. Bridget was already on the path. Oh yeah, thanks, she called back over her shoulder. When the two of them were halfway home, Bridget stopped. There's nothing in this bag, she said. It feels empty. Will you come on, said Mary. The mermaid said we were not to stop. But it was too late. Bridget had opened the bag. She tipped it up and out came nothing but a stream of fine silver sand. See, I told you, she said. It's a trick. Come on, open yours. Mary took to her heels and ran for home, not stopping once. She ran into the house and there, sitting at the table, were her mother, her granny and her little brother. Her daddy was out at sea, fishing. Mary tipped up the bag and out fell all the precious jewels. The family were amazed. They decided to share the gift. First, they bought a new fishing boat for their daddy and his two brothers. Then they built a restaurant high on the clifftop where they cooked all the fish that were caught. The restaurant soon became famous for miles around. It was called The Mermaid's Gift, for that was what it had been. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Jenny Cargillstrong and Liz Weir on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast. Or you can connect with me at Rachel Ann Harding. The Beautiful Brains Band Fairy Tale sponsor is Alexis Cooley. The inspiration for the true fairy tale seed was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. You can see the fairy tale sponsor ads on the Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. 
This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal